Number 12 is The Day the Earth Stood Still. Whoa. This was a heavy hitter for us when we started this show. And the first one we watched was one I had never seen before, but heard good things. And wouldn't you know it, <laughs> I gave it a 10 out of 10 for the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's just a, um, a very... I'm not going to lie. Right. I was a little bit worried. We did that first yeah. episode. Like, oh my God. Is she going to be handing out tens like candy? Like, she's just, just, I told you this is going to hold ten. up. Like, I thought, yeah, when I, <laughs> I was nervous about it too. I'm like, God damn it. Why did we have to start with a 10? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the movie a lot. Obviously, not quite a bit lower, but. Yes. I understand why, why the robot effect would maybe not hold up as well. I mean, he's a little bendy, even though he's supposed to be solid. You can see the strings when he picks up the lady. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think it's just such a relevant film. It, it just, um, it, you know, came out during the time of nuclear power when that was, and nuclear weapons were on the rise and on everybody's mind. And um, a time where post-World War II, but in the Cold War, and everybody is nervous, you know. All the, you, actually... You've seen all the... That's actually something that I think Snowball, I don't know if I ever, maybe we did mention this in review, but it just dawned on me, like, this was only, this came out six years after the two bombs were dropped in Japan. This was, mm -hmm. this was like, so, if you think about, like, what six years ago was now, like, 2014, that's not a long time. Like, that, that it feels like yesterday yeah. to, to an adult, right? You know, time moves quite quickly when you, once you pass a certain age. Isn't and, that when Apes came out? Down the Planet of the Apes came out? <laughs> you're right, yeah, it was 2014. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, just the idea that just how fresh it is that you know when when we have this movie that's been made to look warn and they are as a message mm -hmm. film to warn everyone about the dangers of these like the most dangerous weapons that have ever been created yeah it, it literally you know it had just been dropped on a country twice yeah and you know so i, I think that's an interesting right so i mean it's about aliens saying hey we know you guys have this technology now just so you know we're watching uh, you guys have a very important decision to make here. And just the frustration that you feel because he's trying to get Klaatu. I think his name is Klaatu, right? Yes. Klaatu is trying to get an audience with the world leaders. And just that, like, he's a freaking visitor from outer space who wants to talk to, give a message to the Earth and not just one particular country. And still, like just the frustration because you know it would be accurate well, the, like nobody the, would want to talk to each other the, the, <laughs> the first reaction that they have is to like get military and like shoot at everything yeah so I mean, well i mean he landed in america so we shoot <laughs> it <laughs> we love our guns here it's this it's, it's a depressing film in a lot of ways with a really hopeful message that you hope yes. to have uh, and unfortunately the only person who really has like the right perspective is the 10 year old kid <laughs> who talks to Klaatu. Um, yeah. We're like, yeah, he gets it. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, the message, the, the people who need to get, like, maybe hear this message are the ones who would probably just say this is propaganda and move on and not pay yeah. attention to it, which is the sad part. But hey. Yeah, it's an uh, incredible science fiction film from the 50s, and I think it should be watched. I think it should be required viewing. <laughs> I don't disagree, even though I had it much lower down. But it, thanks. <laughs> it's every okay. every film on my list is a must watch. I'll make that very clear. <laughs> every single one of them. Uh, my number twelve is actually something you had much earlier as well, and that is the original Godzilla, uh, mm. nineteen fifty four. Um, 
I think every time I go back and watch this, like especially once you see a lot of the sequels and the goofy sort of like monster v monster thing it became, is that the first one is a genuine horror movie about a monster, you know, raging through Tokyo. Um, I think you did say something that is kind of wrong when you were talking about this. You talked about how this is the only one where Godzilla is the real villain. That's not true, because they rebooted it a few times in Japan, so they did actually do Godzilla's the villain again. You're, I haven't seen all, yeah. like, 30 of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I've not even seen these ones, but I'm pretty sure Godzilla 84, and then the the one they did in, like, 2017 or whatever it was, uh, I'm pretty sure both of those were full-on Godzilla's the villain. And, mm. that, you know... Uh, obviously, once they introduce more monsters, it's like, oh, we want to root for Godzilla, so Godzilla's a good guy now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's a very... It's very Terminator. You know, you can't you can't do Terminator. You can't make Arnold the, the villain again. Terminator Two. We have to root for him now. Um, but it's it's uh, it holds up well. It's haunting in the imagery and the fact that it does obviously allude to the, you know. It's funny we were just talking about uh, Japan and nuclear bombs, but uh, it you know it's about this haunting imagery of the cities after these attacks and Godzilla representing that man has meddled with something that it shouldn't have and. Yeah, because it's one of the things I like about the 2014 one is that it sort of incorporates that a little bit in saying, no, Godzilla's this this force of balance that is, like, here to restore things when things get out of hand, and the idea that, yeah, a line was crossed. And I think it coming from Japan and coming from the culture who was the most affected by this uh, means something, and especially... And I, we said this when you brought it up, but it, it really does mean a lot, I think, that it's not a anti... Like, other countries did this to us, we're angry, we want revenge, it's just a warning, it's... No, no. We should. This should never happen again. We, mm -hmm. you know, or, or what we have learned here is not to be vengeful. Or what we have learned here is that no, this is devastating, and we have to just not do this. Um, yeah. And I think that says something, especially when so many human beings, their first instinct is to get vengeful and is to like make sure they're well, not accountable. Well, I mean, the and, only way to defeat Godzilla in, in this one, anyway, and he's not really defeated, but like to stop the carnage is to make a a better bomb. Unfortunately, right? Like. That's kind also of, sort of the yeah. lesson, and they don't, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants to introduce this new thing into the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, it's wonderful. Again, it's, it's, it's quintessential science fiction. Uh, I feel like, I feel like it's such a, such a pretentious dish saying quintessential so much in one episode, but it's <laughs> top 50, so. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Very important film, uh, that holds up remarkably well, and, no matter how many silly gifts you've seen of later Godzilla films, the first one is not silly. It is a serious is science not, fiction yeah. film. Um, and I love the silly ones too, but they're not top 50 material. Uh, I like the monster designs. One or, one or two come close. But uh, we'll be review We'll start reviewing them probably in the not-too-distant future because we got a new one coming out. We have out. a lot to go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah we've, we've been talking about how to cover those, uh, how to tackle those, but we, we will decide on something. But uh, for now, what is your number 11? 11 is Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Ah. So not too far from where you put yours. But not quite top 10. No, even though this is on both of our number ones for the top of the decade. <laughs> that's true, so, that's true. Um, yeah, it says something about the rest of our list, I guess. It does, although technically something on mine has then swapped from then. Oh, wow. Okay. Just one thing, just one thing. because. I'm looking at the top 10 and there is one thing from that decade that's there. So technically something has swapped slightly. All right. Uh, yep. I think this is one of the best Planet of the Apes movies when, and especially in, 
when we didn't even really want a reboot. Um, the, I mean, they quickly told us why we needed it. Um, uh, everything that you just said earlier about why humans will never be able to play second fiddle <laughs> to another group of uh, another species is probably an allegory for other things too. And I think that this movie is just masterfully made and we get apes on horses. I mean, I, I, like, what I've been wanting since they said they were going to reboot it. I don't even think it's an allegory for it in specific. I mean, I think it's an allegory for any time humans are dividing too. It doesn't matter what, what the difference is. Well, we have to be on top though, right? Like we can't, we can't allow anything that can best us to be around anymore. So oh, we don't sure. Oh, sure. Have any natural predators anymore or we have but, to. No, but what, what I'm saying is, is that it's about any time humans are dividing too. It doesn't matter what the difference mm -hmm. is. It's, it's, it's the yeah. idea of the other. Any time. Well, yeah. well, that's because you were born over there and I was born here. Well, it's about mm -hmm. race. Well, it's about countries. Well, it's about uh, something stupid. I don't know. Like, anytime... Marvel versus DC. <laughs> yes, anytime where it's, people are split in two, there's a reason why, like, certain people always result in not, uh, there not being peace. And that's, mm -hmm. the, that's, the, that's the, the angry, frustrating part of it, is that it, it feels like it would be so easy. Yeah, and there's, you know, people we're rooting for on both sides. Like, obviously, we want humans we want mm -hmm. jason clark's um his his, his I, we want him to represent humanity and we want caesar to represent the the ape side because mm -hmm. they get along they're re they're rational they're reasonable they can they can work things out they they both just want peace but there's just so much history and so much hubris that you can't you have to deal with the cobas on that side and I don't remember the villain, the Gary Oldman's on, <laughs> on the human <laughs> side, you know, like those are the real, the loudest voices and the strongest voices. So those are the ones who ultimately end up fighting and why? Yeah, you're right. We'll never get peace. Great movie. Loved it. It's still my number one of the decade. There you go. Well, I'll take it the top 10. Well, actually, no, I got my number 11 first. Sorry. Sorry, I yep. mean, <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. And then we should take a break so I can eat some tamales. <laughs> My number 11, before we break for Tara's dinner, is District 9. Uh, so this is a recent entry that, and I feel like, you know, Neil Blomkamp's output after District 9 has, you know, painted him as someone who is to be made fun of in the, the film community. It's you know, just chappy. Just so <laughs> yeah, it's not like Elysium's got that much cred either. Like people, I don't, don't, yeah, I didn't yeah. like Elysium. Um, and I, I always really like how his films look. I always like his vision of science fiction. I love his vision of of the world and the future. Um, and District Nine has that, but it also has a really great central story. It has for a low budget movie some of the best visual effects. Uh, for a movie of its size, it is actually kind of unreal. Uh, the performance. From the man whose name I'm forgetting. Yeah, he was in the A-Team. Yes, that's going to annoy me. But he's very, very good. And I think this movie is exceptionally directed. It's got a lot of heart. Um, it's one of these things where I sat down to watch it and not really expecting anything from it. And by the end, I was so into it. And I was so in love with the human story at the center of it. Again, humans are the assholes here. I mean, hell, the, the entire movie sold on the idea of, you know, if aliens arrived on Earth, like... The question is, 
what are they going to do to us? The question is, what are we going to do to them? Like, and it's, you know, again, like a lot of science fiction, it's about a lot of things. It's about, it's, it's, there's so many allegories going on, but it's all about yeah. us being the bad guys and the idea ultimately of how can we learn from that? How can we become better? And, you know, that, that filters into a really good little action movie. Uh, where there's some really impressive sequences and fun sci-fi concepts and visuals and you have the you know there's there's i mean i'll just say there's, there's a mech suit of, of sorts eventually in the movie and it's i'm not gonna lie the the, 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 the you know the 13 year old me you know inside is like yeah f yeah <laughs> Sh- Cop- copley is that there you go copley yeah it's a made-up name it's a foreign name <laughs> <laughs> um, as yeah. Wickes Van der Moer. I'm, I'm sure that's wrong also <laughs> uh, I, no, I remember uh, Wickes yeah I, I remember that I mean again well not I'm saying it properly is another Wickes, yeah. <laughs> is another uh, question but uh, I just <laughs> I remember don't, we don't really get to see a lot of movies from South Africa I certainly don't oh, no. it was very enlightening when I did um yeah, set in Johannesburg, and and you have uh, you know, just this this bond like him and this alien uh, Christopher Johnson, who they've named, so they so they have like er, you know Earth names. Yeah, uh, is is really you know it's it's, it's actually like a really good uh, story of like sort of like forced like, they're sort of forced together because of the plot. Because I mean, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that essentially the main character is infected and he starts kind of like turning into one of the aliens and he has to mm-hmm. try and get help from because. Uh, his job is quite bad. He his job is to go around and kind of like police them and uh, make sure all these refugees that have came in this alien ship who are essentially in a camp, you know, that's very unpleasant. There are a bunch of refugees. Yeah, isn't it also like about apartheid and all that going on in South Africa at the time? Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a lot going mm-hmm. on in there uh, that you know I, I didn't necessarily get all of, but there's a lot of things in there that even if you don't get that part of it, there's so much that's saying about concepts you do understand and themes that mm-hmm. you do get uh, oh yeah but it's also an, an adrenaline filled action movie which has a lot of heart and a lot of emotion uh, to the central story so uh i was vastly impressed with district nine when it came out i i, I immediately wanted to show it to people <laughs> yeah i actually haven't seen it since it came out um and it's not on my list and it's only because i wouldn't know where to put it accurately but mm-hmm. i i do remember i really liked it and i'm looking forward to watching it again and i also was very excited for his second and third movie because I remember District 9 being so good and uh, was disappointed, but I, I haven't given up on him. Like, if he comes out with... If well, uh, Neil Blomkamp comes out with a, a movie, I will go see it. Well, he made a horror movie this year. Low budget. So we'll see what he does in that genre. Something oh, a bit yeah. different. Uh, but... No, I think I think I think the best part of it is it's almost... Uh, it's not obviously not remotely the same in how it does it, but it's actually very edge of tomorrow in a lot of ways in the sense that you start off with a guy who's a complete asshole. He's a straight mm-hmm. up asshole at the start of the movie. And by the end of it, you're on his side and mm-hmm. you, you've sort of come to love him and respect him. And he's had change and growth. He's just so naive in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It is time for the top 10. It's time for us to dive in to the biggest, the ones that we have given the 10 most prestigious spots on both our lists. Some of which we'll agree with, some will not. Mm-hmm. But without further ado, Tara, what is your number 10? Number 10. 
RoboCop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> RoboCop is about a future Detroit uh, where crime is rampant and people are evil just for the sake of being evil. Um, and we follow a good cop named Murphy who is reborn as a Jesus figure <laughs> and is mostly machine now. Uh, it I is think, about... I think you'll find that the poster is very specific here. He's part man, part machine, all cop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's a programmed human being robot cop. Um, it is. It has a lot to say about like privatization of of uh, like police forces and prisons and it is um a lot to do a lot of like um commentary on capitalist society and it's no coincidence that it takes place in detroit which is at the time or which was at the time and maybe a little bit still is one of the most dangerous cities in america um it is a fantastic tongue-in-cheek tongue but also very serious movie about America, and I love it. Ton in cheek. I'm just like, damn, that's a lot of weight to be carrying around in your cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, um, well, I'll jump in here because it's happened again. My number 10 is Robocop. What? This is the first time it's happened to us. No, it's not. And this list, this list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we said in the first part that that's always every list I've ever done where it's like two of us doing you know, a list. When I was when I was about to say the title, I thought he hasn't brought up Robocop yet. Uh, <laughs> I wonder yeah, if it's yeah. number ten. <laughs> number no, number ten for me too. Um, yeah, it's about individualism. It's one of those things where I liked it as a kid because it was a cyborg cop, but as an mm -hmm. adult watching it and realizing, wait, this is actually really good. It's not as it's, it's actually like a really serious film behind the surface. That's about a lot of things, and. Now, like the actual ending, which I won't spoil, but the ending and the final moment and what you know, the final line of the film, like has so much impact to me when I watch it now mm -hmm. because of what the film's actually about, and what it's about regaining and what it's about, uh, you know, the, the individual person and losing their humanity and losing their individualism because they're just part of the the machine, right? Mm -hmm. In this case, literally, but like part of the corporate machine, part of the system, the machine of the of society. And being yourself through all of that and all those things, on top of you know all the other things you brought up with capitalism yep. and stuff. But and we have a really awesome villain. Um, in uh, I can't remember his name. The the guy. The, um... Which one? Are we talking about Kurtwood Smith? Or are we talking about? Yeah, the... Kurtwood Smith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about. Yeah. Although uh, the other guy who runs the company is also a horrible villain. Bitches leave. Um... <laughs> I'll never forget. Um, I'll never forget when uh, someone's mentioned they showed their kid who was like eight Robocop. And admittedly, I was probably watching it at eight as well. And they yeah. sort of said that in a way. It was like, oh, I showed sold toys to kids. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she said that in a way. There's, oh, you know, I showed them this because, yeah, yeah, it's a kid's movie. And, and I'm like, uh, there's literally a scene oh. where he's doing cocaine with hookers. So I don't know if I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe not. It's, pretty, it's kind of there's a hard drugs, R. <laughs> there's sex. There is a lot of violence. Like mm -hmm. there is violence where it's just past the point of absurdity <laughs> to mm -hmm. where you like. It's so. How do I really describe it? There's like a cruelty in the evil of what these guys, what the the bad guys do to Murphy, that it you, you kind of. I don't know, like you laugh at it because it's just so over the top violent, 
but because of the cruelty that's involved in it, you, it sort of brings it back down to reality. Like, ooh, these guys really are bad. I don't want to laugh anymore. It's uh, it's a perfect film. I love as, it. As sometimes it goes even further than that. I've seen the, uh, the director's cut, which isn't essential for the movie. It only affects a couple of bits, really. But one of the bits that it does affect is the, the famous scene where they introduce Ed 209 in the boardroom and it ends up killing like one guy because they're doing a demonstration and it doesn't like turn off like it's supposed to and it shoots the guy. Um, in the director's cut, uh, he gets shot like way more times. So but he, so, so in the theatrical cut, he gets shot a few times and he's lying on the table and then like the, the bad business guy is like, hey, could, can we get a, a paramedic in here? And it plays like a serious <laughs> line. In the director's cut, he gets shot so many times and he's just like a like oh a, i've seen this a yeah. paste on the table that when he yells can we get a paramedic in here it's actually a really funny <laughs> line all of a sudden yeah it's hilarious i i love that scene also because it, it just depicts how cruel everybody is in this world where they're just pushing him towards ed 209 to get murdered like mm-hmm. no like you've been chosen by the robot like we don't want to die so here he's just gonna like they're all <clears throat> pushing him in front of the robot he can't escape it it's great. Yeah. It's a great movie. That's a great movie. Robocop. Number 10 for both of us. <laughs> Beautiful. What's your number 9? Predator. <laughs> it was coming. It was coming. Yeah. Predator is a very important film for me. Um, I, I've, I don't know if I've shared the story about how I think this might be my... Uh, the. So I was dating somebody. <laughs> who had never seen predator because they didn't like horror movies which was a red flag i know um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) they didn't like horror movies so they never saw predator and i went i was so excited to be able to show this adult person a, a, a movie that i love for the first time and i had that moment where i was like what if he doesn't like this movie like this could really be a deal breaker this is how important this movie is. <laughs> if you don't like Predator, I don't want to know you. We can't share an apartment together. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I had that, you know, that crisis. Uh, luckily, they liked the film, but unfortunately, the relationship was didn't work out. <laughs> Unrelated to Predator, but yeah. Unrelated to Predator. <laughs> Definitely related to the fact that you didn't like horror films. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's gone back. <laughs> um yeah and anyway i i just it's a movie i grew up with it is the i think quintessential 80s arnold schwarzenegger schlocky action movie that's taken pretty seriously like it starts off as this war movie that all of a sudden a sci-fi movie like invades this war movie (laughs) and uh we're in a a battle for for arnold for uh yeah for earth in a way represented by arnold schwarzenegger the best of the best so he is the best of us yes <laughs> yeah. i love i love this movie dylan you son of a bitch i can't do it <laughs> do it i'm right here do it <laughs> yeah predator is a fantastic film one of the best for what it is it's perfect exactly it can't be improved uh my number nine is also an arnold film uh interested but Obviously, Predator's already been, so it's not that. Uh, my number nine is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. And if you'd asked me up until the age of about 18, I'd have probably said this is my favorite movie. Um, mm-hmm. Things have changed. 
and you'll see how they've changed <laughs> as we go. But Terminator 2 is still phenomenal, and it's still one of the best sequels of all time. It is such a vital part of my childhood and upbringing. And I don't know if it's maybe because as a, as, as a kid, because it's a kid that, you know, Arnold, the, the good Terminator, is protecting. I don't know if that, that's, like, part of the, the charm for it. As a kid watching it, it's like, oh, I can kind of see myself in this punk. Even though I can't ride a like a motorbike or I, I can't hack into ATMs and do cool stuff, but yeah, it's a little bit of a father son story. Yeah, um, I was like, yeah, maybe that's all it is. Maybe I just wanted a robot to that. <laughs> maybe, that maybe that was the or just Arnold. We all wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. to be our father. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've all seen Commando him carrying the tree trunk and <laughs> making his sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's. It's different for the first one. It's less of a horror movie because the first one is definitely pain apart horror, cyberpunk horrors, all these things. Terminator Two. We reviewed this. You know, we spoke about it at length. It's actually got a lot more layers than you maybe, and you know, at first glance, think it does. I think we we were talking about the themes of the film and the arc of Sarah Connor in Terminator Two, which becomes the importance of like humanity, like through her, where. She actually loses her humanity to the point where she's almost become a Terminator herself. And it's mm-hmm. so different from the first movie where it's all about her, like, you know, becoming confident and having strength to fight back and to fight for herself. And then the second film is like, yeah, but you can go too far and you can become this cold machine. You can become this cold character. And there's, you know, there's, there's even those, those, those themes in there that never even occurred to me until I was, you know, way into my adult life. Uh, I was able to read it in a way that I'd never done before. Uh, but it has great action scenes. It has great music. It has a great villain. It has iconic sequences and just uh, everything you you kind of want. Um, and the, the end, you know, I always love a good unstoppable killing machine as the villain. Like I always do. Mm-hmm. That obviously applies to both Terminator movies, but uh, it applies to Halloween, one of my, you know, my favorite horror movie. Again, unstoppable killing machine as a as a as the villain. Uh, so Terminator two and. I assume we're going to talk about it again, so I'll leave it there. Nope. No. No, no Terminator? I, I don't Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I, it could have made number 50 for me. I, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I do really like Terminator 2. In fact, I love it, and I gave it a very high rating when we reviewed it. Um, but I think the movie is... Uh, it's so focused on the father-son thing and the kid thing that on a rewatch, like, it's it's still a great movie. It just doesn't connect with me as much. It might just have that Back to the Future thing where I've just I've seen it so many times that if you asked me, like, another decade ago, I would have been like, yeah, it's the best. But okay. I do love... My favorite part of the movie is the transformation of Linda Hamilton and, um, and the action scenes. <laughs> okay. Obviously. Uh, yeah, sorry, it's not on the list, and maybe it should be. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. You, you uh, went with what you, you felt in your heart to be true. <laughs> true. So, what is your number eight then? Wow me. Uh, well, number eight is the Terminator. Oh, okay, all right. Nice. Oh, by the <laughs> way, I will say this: if you'd put Rocket Man, it were too high now. There's no way you've put Rocket Man on this list. You better not have. But if you'd put Rocket Man on this list and Terminator 2 didn't make it, I might be upset. <laughs> I might you be might still upset. be upset with uh, 
What's on my list? I don't know. I could be. I'm not mad at Terminator. <laughs> Rocket Man, I told you Rocket Man was not on there. Yeah. It was in consideration, but it, was, yeah. it didn't make the list. But the Terminator number eight, I can happily live with that. So please. Yes. Terminator is the cyberpunk, like you said. Um, I love the I love the the love story between Michael Bean and Sarah Connors <laughs> or Linda Hamilton. And <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the time travel. I love the horror of the of the film. I love the introduction of the the Terminator itself. The the fascination that we have with this machine designed to buy machines to murder humans in the past like it's such a it is a michael myers movie um but with uh the cyberpunk element and there's a reason it works and i i just i i like the even the the brief little character arc we get for sarah connor in the film i think is obviously it's not as much of a turn as the second movie but we get to see the makings of how she becomes this like soft waitress into a war hero yeah oh, a revolutionary have... leader or whatever but i i do love it her arc is the heart of the film so i, I would yeah. actually the one thing i dispute in anything you just said there is that i wouldn't say it's like a little i'd say it's actually kind of a big deal in the movie mm, yeah i mean i think it's I, I think it's overlooked though in the film maybe not by us but Sure, when sure. people talk about it they don't talk about her arc in the movie they talk about her arc in the transformation for the second film i think it's more visual though because this year and she's all yeah. pumped you know she's she's doing the pull-ups yeah. in the bed <laughs> and she's all mostly like that's yeah, just there's no on your feet soldier or anything like that. yeah no terminator's uh damn basically perfect more than that later. yes uh, <laughs> my number eight uh and i suspect you will not agree with the placement of this one uh too oh, much god it's Serenity, isn't it? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, Serenity's higher. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that, necessarily. Okay. Uh, number eight is Inception. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, I, you know, I, and I think, this is funny, because, uh, you know, when, when I, we did the top 25 of the 2010s, I had Dawn at number one, and I think Inception was probably number two. I can't remember. I've not checked, but I assume that's where they were. Probably, yeah. Yeah um and obviously here they're, they're flipped and that'll happen like you know a lot of things flipped around from the last time i did a top 50 sci-fi and i'm sure when we do this again maybe a top 100 in like two or three years things will you know flip around again a little bit and maybe it's just been that i've watched this again because i think when i did that list i hadn't seen inception in a while and having mm-hmm. watched that again and kind of fallen in love with it again and all the things i do love about inception which is you know the story of a world where technology lets people go inside someone's dreams and even dream within dreams and it's about trying to plant an idea the inception of an idea into someone's mind so it's essentially it plays like a heist film but with this sort of sci-fi matrix-esque kind of uh like structure and like you know uh you know cocoon and but you know it's, it's a story you know the main character's story when it boils down to Leonardo DiCaprio's character it's about the mistakes he's made in his past about him getting over his guilt there's a human story, there's a human arc underneath all the, the fancy action, which is phenomenal. Like, all, all this stuff where, because in one dream world that's uh, inside someone's head, the dream layer above it, they're in a van that's, you know, tipping over, so the, the entire world starts flipping. So we get that, you know, that's the famous shot of the hallway spinning as there is jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt's fighting someone. Like, all, all those things are super creative and super inventive, and it feels like 
it is a movie that wants to be inventive, that wants to keep sort of prodding this mythology that it's kind of created for itself and expanding on it. And it's exhilarating, it's exciting. It has one of the best endings of, of, of filmmaking. Uh, <laughs> like, it's wonderful. Uh, certainly one of the best I've ever seen in the theatre and the reaction that it kind of had for everyone. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it there. But I mean, we reviewed this and talked about it at length uh, not too long ago, so. We did. And I, I certainly, I'm not like a hater of this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> of course not. I do, I, I do think it's a great film. I just have some things that don't work for me and hmm? I don't worship the altar of Christopher Nolan. <laughs> not do I. He, he proved he was human when he made Dunkirk. Uh, what a great movie! <laughs> and even even tonight, you know, has has flaws. It's not a perfect movie. I like a lot of it. I love a lot of what it's doing. Yeah, but... I saw it three times in the theater during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, because there was nothing else playing. <laughs> yeah, that's, <true. laughs> that's also true, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, you can still obviously you still feel the Nolan coming through it. But I think Inception, uh, every sci-fi work. As, you know, because Interstellar's not here, and I like Interstellar, and I'm looking forward to seeing it again, because it, you know, I, I mm-hmm. want to know how I feel about it now, but, uh, I could... I, like, I think I like Interstellar a little bit more than Inception. Hmm, see, that's interesting. Uh, I don't think I ever did. There, I don't think there's any risk of me liking it more than Inception, but I'm curious to see <laughs> where, I, yeah. <laughs> where I feel about it now. Um, because there's, yeah. there's a lot of that movie that I do love, but there's some things that, you know, don't, I mean, I, I think Tenet and Interstellar, for me, are kind of similar in that I really like a lot of what they're both doing, and I, overall, I'm quite satisfied with them, but they're not as quite as uh, like I don't know meaningful to me uh, by the end and as, as as Inception or you know dare I say the Dark Knight is so uh, which Tower's gonna make fun of because everyone loves the Dark Knight. Everyone does. Uh, <laughs> is that your favorite movie, Dark Knight and no, and uh, Shawshank Redemption? They are not. Um, <laughs> I, I do love both. Which for some reason is number one on IMDb all the time. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, for years after the last uh, Lord of the Rings came out, like Return of the King was the one that was on the pedestal that everyone never shut up about. I love those movies. So I am glad that Dark Knight shoved it off that pedestal and took its <laughs> rightful place. Return of the King, it's and it's 15 endings. We didn't want it to end. It's hey, good. Why have, why have an alternate ending? We'll just put them all in the movie. Uh, <laughs> so... All right, what's your number seven? Um, I suspect you'll disagree with this placement, but it is Aliens. I'm not going to disagree that much. It was in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> it is the sequel to Ridley Scott's Alien from 1979. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it is a very different version of the of the type of movie instead of a horror film we get a straight up science fiction action movie with the star of the movie Bill Paxton (laughs) (laughs) who's the greatest no so um, yeah I mean even the title like Aliens says this is going to be bigger right (laughs) than the last one because there's an S on it so we're going to get more Um, I love the mythology that was built off of the first film um I love that our character of Ripley doesn't it doesn't feel cheap that she's in the sequel that it should be like why would she ever want to go back to being in a situation where she almost died um it 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 feels <clears throat> feels right um 
I like her story arc. I especially recommend the special edition of it because you get a little bit more of that. Um, I like all the new characters. I love the dynamic. I love the the writing of the dialogue in between the film. Like, there's so much about this movie that just works on every level. It's a fantastic film. Yeah, I actually, I, I do like the special edition as well. I actually, my my preferred cut of this, which doesn't exist, is like in between the two, because I love the the daughter stuff. But I wish they took out seeing the planet before they get there. Oh, I, wish, I actually, I agree. I don't I think we need that. Yeah, I wish that was missing. Because I, I, what, what, the thing that I like about the theatrical cut is that when they arrive, it is a total mystery. We've never seen it before. I don't like yes. that we saw operational in a quick scene. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so. I don't think that's needed. I think that's a fun deleted scene that should just stay deleted. Yeah. But so. I like the turrets. We can keep the turrets. Yeah, the daughter stuff and the turrets can stay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's a weird thing though. Cause I don't think it detracts too much from the movie. And, and it's, is it worth losing the daughter stuff? I don't know. Like I, I feel like maybe not. But hey, so it's a debate for another time. I'll be yeah. talking about this later. So we'll just move. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is Moon, uh, starring Sam Rockwell, uh, uh, and also the voice of uh, Kevin Spacey, unfortunately. But um, <laughs> but. This is a movie with a man who is living on the moon on a base. He's there to just supervise the, you know, the machines doing the mining or whatever they're doing. And that's that. When I saw the trailer, it felt like a spoiler because it does feel like a big, huge thing. But he finds a clone of himself just before he's about to go home. He finds a clone of himself. So it's a film about two versions of the same character, and what this means, why they're both here, what's going on. But ultimately, it's a character arc about like how much he has changed because this, this you know this other this clone that he finds is a little different from him so it tells us a lot through the story about how he's grown with his time on the moon just because of the difference between the two versions of himself and it does a lot of really smart things with that and it looks gorgeous and this was the movie that made me think duncan jones is the next big director that i'm going to put on a pedestal yep. and i still really like source code it didn't make my top 50 but i enjoyed that movie a lot I like and that one too. you know after that it just it went off a cliff. Does it Warcraft? Whoa, like... whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> the Warcraft movie is pretty good. Oh, Sheriff base. For those of us who played Warcraft. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then mute Rotar, on Netflix. Rotar. Mute on Netflix was such a maddening disappointment. Is, so I didn't see it. I really don't want to because I also enjoyed Duncan Jones. <laughs> and the the, so the weird part is is that it's got a like a small cameo crossover with Moon. Okay. It ties Sam it to... in it? Technically, yeah, he's got a cameo. I mean, this is like only one actor <laughs> in Moon, so... Unless it's Kevin Spacey's robot. Yeah, I don't want to spoil Moon, so I don't want to give the context for what it is, but I'll just... Yeah, there's a, there's a cameo that ties... It, it basically says it's in the same world as Moon, and it annoyed me, because I don't. at that point, I was already hated the movie, so I was like, how dare you? How dare you, Duncan? What have you done? <laughs> maybe Source Code is also connected somehow. Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe. it could be. Um, and I just, so, but Moon is like a wonderful, fantastic looking low budget movie. I, I had like my banner image on something for a long time was the shot of Moon where the Moon buggy is just sitting there and the earth is up in the sky. Mm. Uh, it's just a beautiful looking film, uh, that just, it, it hits hard every time I watch it. The score's fantastic. A lot of piano, a lot of, uh, percussion. It, it just, it's, as it it's own really, really unique feel and the, the the moon looks great it feels 
you know, a little bit different. I mean, it's not too different from how the moon fell on, say, Ad Astra. Uh, not so mm -hmm. much the, the airport sequence, because obviously there's nothing like that, but more, more the surface of the moon when they're out going around. Right. Uh, kind of similar. It kind of feels like it's harsh, harsh break, because, you know, the sunlight's just pitting off of it, but, uh, you know, the infinite space, the dark of space, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I love it. I love it so much. Um, and, it, and I, you know, I, one of the things I like is that Obviously, there's some old movies on this, there's, there's some new movies, but I do like that there is some newer... Oh, this is 11 years old now, so uh, how, how much you yeah, classify Yeah, Sam Rockwell has an Oscar now. That's true. He does. He does. I'm just he saying, went from, like, most underrated actor in Hollywood to having an Oscar. I mean, Not for Mo the right movie, it should have been for this one. <laughs> yeah, Moon and District 9 uh, alone make 2009 like a banner year for sci-fi but the fact that that yeah, also Star was... Trek also came out that year Star Trek came back that year Avatar came out that year regardless mm -hmm. of your opinion of it but it was a big huge thing like sci-fi mm -hmm. sci-fi sci was booming again in 2009 after being kind of oddly absent for the 2000s yeah <laughs> it was not a good decade for sci-fi yeah before that you had what Transformers <laughs> that was like yeah. a big sci-fi movie um uh, obviously, there was some foreign sci-fi. Time Crimes was there. Indie sci-fi was, you know, Primer was the 2000s, but definitely wasn't as much. Uh, Time Crime also... What? Was that also 2009? No, that was like 2007, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Um, but 2009 was really good. Cause I, actually, because we, before we decided to do a top 50 of all time, we were actually considering doing just a top 25 of the 2000s. But when I actually looked into okay. it, I, I I couldn't get to that number uh, of movies. Unless that I love. we start watching like more foreign movies or animated stuff, like we won't be able to get twenty five. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean I'm not convinced that we can eventually, but it'll take a bit more viewing and finding gems and stuff. Yeah, uh, and that's okay. But uh, so yeah, my number seven is Moon. What is your number six? Jurassic Park. You gonna do the welcome? Welcome to Jurassic Park. Nailed it. Right on yeah. schedule. I mean schedule. <laughs> Thank you. So this is um, this movie came out when I was a kid as well, slightly older kid than Peter. <laughs> and um, oh, slightly. I mean, I know I crack jokes, but there's not actually that much difference between us. Well, it wasn't my first movie. I've sure. seen many movies. I saw Beauty and the Beast at least 35 times in the theater. Um, but <laughs> this was the first time where I sat in a movie theater and went, I think I'm just a movie fan. Like, I wanted to know everything about it. I went, I watched that behind the scenes Jurassic Park, like, TV show thing they put out at, at least 100 times. I taped it and... I could still, when I when I see the scenes with the Gallimimus running, I could still see the cones coming out of all the actors' eyes, so they knew where to put to render the the dinosaurs. Um, I, it's the movie that made me a movie fan. I watched anything that was Steven Spielberg, anything that starred Sam Neill, um, even that stupid Merlin miniseries that came out <laughs> after, because <laughs> it had the guy from Jurassic Park. It's first in line for Event Horizon, which will not make my list. <laughs> not Paul, that it's not bad. It's Paul W.S. Anderson's got a lot to <laughs> answer for, is all I'm saying. Um, I, yeah, uh, Jurassic Park is a, just a fun adventure um, that will never get old. 
and even Steven Spielberg couldn't make a, a sequel that equaled the first one. So we'll just, was, I'll, I'll take what I can get when it comes to the sequels. <laughs> I was even expecting an equaling, but you'd think it'd at least be good. <laughs> you think it, you'd think Ian Malcolm would be the same character also, but he's not. <laughs> For some reason. Oh dear. Uh, that was where I discovered Vince Vaughn. And it's so weird because like, my image of Vince Vaughn is not the same as when I first saw Lost World Jurassic Park. He's now Vince Vaughn. No. And yeah. that he was just the boring one. Like, why did why did Eddie have to die and Vince Vaughn lived? It just it made no Eddie sense to me. He was the best. He was the one likable character. Anyway. Poor Eddie Carr. <laughs> he deserved right. better. My number six is 2001 of Space Odyssey. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, you can't complain it's too low. I mean, we're, we're the top six. Come on. Only if Serenity is after it. <laughs> I, I can uh, confirm or deny such a thing. Uh, 2001 Space Odyssey is a special hypnotic experience. And I... Like, so many movies try to be ethereal or hypnotic or do something that's, you know, it's off the beaten path. You know, like... I, like, there's a lot of rules in filmmaking. There's a lot of rules where y- you, you you follow a structure, you follow a three-act structure, you follow a, a rule where it comes to, like, the, what the hero should be like, what the villain should be like, how the stories interact with each other, blah, blah. So there's a lot of rules. But the rules aren't, like, locked in, you know, ironclad. They're not... So they're, they're kind of exist to be broken. They're there because a lot of people will just make a mess if they don't follow the rules. <laughs> but there are people who are, dare I say, auteurs. There are people who want to challenge what the rules are and they'll go and do something. And obviously David Lynch, for example, is one who just, the rule book just goes out the window. But when you're watching his stuff, you feel the hand of a mastermind playing with your brain. And you know that he knows what he's doing. You never feel like he's he's just making stuff up or doing something stupid. Even though his stuff at face value may come across as really random and weird and stupid. You always feel like you're getting something from him. And Stanley Kubrick's not as weird as David Lynch, of course, but Stanley Kubrick does break the rules. And I feel like 2001 doesn't follow a traditional narrative. It's almost a series of different short stories in the way that it just kind of like, oh, this character who was here for the whole moon introduction sequence, yeah, he's gone now. Now now we're just following the astronauts who are doing this next part. And we just move forward. Uh, We'll we'll do a weird LSD sequence where it's just flashing bright lights for 10 minutes and you'll get into that. And... Honestly, that may be the only challenging segment of the whole film, where I'm like, maybe this is a little bit too long. It's the only time in the film where I'm going, maybe this is just a touch too long, Mr. Kubrick. But other than that, waiting for the apes at the start to sort of, you know, do, you know the, the famous music that's not obviously written for this film, but it's the 2001 theme now. Let's just face it. Um, uh, so it, Also, Sprat Zarathustra the theme? Oh, that sounds sounds about right, but I, I never mm-hmm. remember it. Um it's you know the way it uses classical music the way it 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 kind of bass and the the aura of moments so yeah you'll have scenes with those characters talking and it'll but everything feels grand it feels epic it feels like a director who's making something important mm-hmm. and you feel the weight of like the discovery on the moon you feel the weight of 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 hal 9000 and all that stuff and you feel you really like you know, if ultimately the, the movie is about like unlocking the next stage of human evolution and the, like a calling to to reach that next stage without getting too specific or anything here, um, this movie achieves it feeling that important. It feels like something monumental that human beings simply can't understand. 
Mm-hmm. And it translates that in how the movie feels to the audience. And it, that is spectacular. And it's why other movies that try and do something like that don't necessarily succeed. And yeah, I, you know, I love it a lot, but Interstellar is not as good as... It takes a lot from 2001. Definitely. But it's not as good as 2001. And that's not a knock and Very few directors often can compete and beat it just, Kubrick. There's something but... about Kubrick that it just comes off so effortless, you know? He mm. just had an, an eye for things and an imagination. It almost feels like he was... He just would impromptu to like make a perfect film <laughs> you, even like you hear about stuff behind the behind the scenes and they're like he's just talking to actors like what if i did this and they're like yeah or you can do it with this way i'm like wait you're taking input from actors on how to set up a shot like or how you can depict a futuristic th- scene like it's uh how does it come off so like effortless then i, I don't know it, it, um, it comes off immaculate it comes off like he had yeah. a storyboard in his head and he was doing it, you know, to the he frame. Just, he just he had planned. an eye, you know, he had yeah. an eye for photography. He just, he just knew how to make something just so special. Yeah. It's, it's, it's spectacular. Uh, I, yeah, I'll leave you it sure there. You sure this isn't your number one? Oh, positive. Uh, okay. I'll leave it there because I suspect <laughs> that it may come up again. Uh, so, uh, what is your number five? Number five is what everybody's father says is their version of Jurassic Park. It is Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the, the boomer uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> right. This is the one where people sat down in theater and went, oh, I didn't know movies of this subject could be like this. Joe, you know what's funny? Is that just occurred to me that that makes Jurassic Park the millennial Jurassic Park. But that word didn't exist yet to call it that no. when it came out. That's just something we've, in hindsight, been able to call it. What, what or this, the... is, this is the millennial Star Wars. Does, <laughs> that, does that make, like, Avengers the Generation Z? Oh, probably. Uh, Jurassic Park? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Probably, yeah. yeah. I, but I do love Star Wars, and the first one is my favorite. Uh, I, I love the characters of Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia, and Hansel is alright, too. And I, I love the world. I love how it is like an old future design because everything is futuristic. There's space travel, hovering cars, but everything's so old looking and broken. And we still rely on, like, even though there are sentient, <laughs> sentient robot androids in this world, they still have to work. <laughs> you know? They still have to, they're not, um, I don't know. Like there's a, there's something so, like it's like a child's future like if you wanted a kid to design what their idealistic future would be like yeah we would have laser swords and um robots would do everything for us but they could also have personality uh i and there's just that i mean there's something about the john williams score that will elevate any movie but it's just so special in this one when when luke is looking at the twin sons and his this his theme plays through it's you know it's the moment where people start taking science fiction really seriously <laughs> which is why we don't get movies like um like the 70s schlock that we watched for two whole months anymore hey <laughs> I, I, I take some of that 70s stuff very seriously i i enjoyed a boy and his dog also <laughs> and, and demon seed <laughs> 
platform. Which is why we need a 100 list, so I can include them. But. Yeah, Davidson's good. Why Davidson? <laughs> um, oh, you just seen that because Gary Graham's in it. No, I mean, okay. that movie stuck with me, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, the nudity was good, too. I mean, I'm not really sure why they insisted on her taking her clothes off so much, but I mean... I'm she was in her own house. She thought it was private, I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah, from a movie context, it's a bit weird. <laughs> uh, anywho, sorry, so that's your number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is Alien. The original, 1979. Uh, and, you know, it's funny, yeah, like, Fox were looking for sci-fi scripts because Star Wars did well. Like, we wouldn't have Alien if Star Wars didn't do mm-hmm. its thing. So I can't want to wipe it from existence. I want everything after the trilogy to be wiped from existence, but I can't wipe those originals because they're important to cinema. And I hate to admit it, but they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, Alien is taking the simple B-movie concept of an alien monster hunting people one by one down on a ship. Uh, but the unique part here to this is that it's not some fancy warship or science ship. It's just a bunch of grunts who are just... They're truckers. You know, that's, you know, if you watch the Making of documentary, the section on casting is called Truckers in Space. Because they are. They're, they're just hauling cargo to another... You know, back to Earth or whatever. Um, just some blue-collar astronauts. That's all they are. <laughs> and it's treated with the, the reverence of a, of a, of an A movie. You know, it's, you know, it's a B movie in concept, but... The production design, the H.R. Geiger stuff for for the alien stuff, or the just the the I don't know who did the you know the ship and the the human stuff, but even that looks really good, and it feels mm-hmm. kind of you know grungy and like it's a real working ship and all this stuff, um, everything and it, it it holds up so well. Like other than the haircuts, nothing about this movie really dates at all. Uh, maybe okay, maybe the, the buttons for the computers because obviously you know it's all these big clunky yeah, but buttons. I love it. Like, I, I love it too. I really I wish do. that more future movies had tactile yeah like clicky things and switches and and blinking lights that don't mean anything that's what i want yeah no i, I love it too but like that and the haircuts are really the only things that possibly date this because yeah but haircuts in fashion that's cyclical it'll come back anyway yeah. but it, it it's immaculately paced it's one of those things where when i was a kid i probably thought it was a little slow but getting older and appreciating the you know good pacing the good pacing mm-hmm. of a horror movie uh the world how it looks you know what we talked about this for like two hours when we reviewed it uh back in april yeah we love uh, alien for alien day uh and maybe look forward to alien day in 2021 for <laughs> for another alien movie what, what, whatever comes next in that franchise hmm. Hmm. uh but it, it oh, it's just oozing atmosphere and the fact that you've not mentioned it yet means that I think we're about to talk about it more very soon. So uh, I'll leave it there. But it's just, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. not, it's basically perfect. The sound design, Every, sound There's effects. only one flaw. What's the one flaw? Sigourney Weaver's panties. <laughs> They're too small. Why oh, would yeah. you wear those? They're unfortunate. Her, her yes. like whole butt, butt crack is showing. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird. It's kind of like Bilger's bum, but like self-inflicted. It's like it's not by yeah, accident. Well, she is a trucker. Just true. Yes. All right. What is your number four? My number four is Planet of the Apes, the Whoa. 1968 version. 
I I can't help but love this movie. I, I it's just you know I grew up with the Planet of the Apes movies. Um, I still think the first one holds up exceptionally well. Uh, I I can't help but love Charlton Heston movies. Also, he was <laughs> an actor of his time, and he starred in epics. And this one feels like a B movie epic. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it just you know every time I watch it, like like you said before, with other films, as you get older, you see more and more in it where um, like oh that's uh, that's still pretty relevant or I never noticed that before but this movie is a lot deeper than maybe you expect it's not just a planet where apes evolved from man it's <clears throat> it's about a lot more and I think I think um, <laughs> the more I watch it the more I love the that the lead character Taylor is arrogant and a little unlikable and does things self for selfish reasons and he he represents man we're full of unlikable things and he also represents our hubris i i love this film <laughs> it's a fine line to walk because you can justify yeah. why a character is unlikable but if you go too far it may just be unpleasant to actually watch the rest of it so it doesn't matter what point it's making yeah. you, you could get to the end and be like yeah but it was annoying to watch for like the first 90 minutes so you know i, I didn't care about anything by the time we got to the point but yeah it, it doesn't yeah. it's hard to make charlton heston not fun to watch on screen hmm. i think yeah uh i mean i like the movie a lot uh but ultimately i i sided with two other eight movies for my list mm -hmm. um i do think the newer trilogy does surpass the original film but mm -hmm. uh i can respect it i respect it you, i you, certainly you were, don't blame you yeah yeah, you were you were very positive in the review of that first one. Uh, you you uh, you gave it a straight up ten. I mean, I, I suspect they're all tens now at this point for you. Well, except for the last one. The last one is unreadable. No, not not the, the Planet of the Apes movies. I mean, the rest of the list. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, that's what you, oh, that's what you mean. Okay, oh, the last one's unreadable. Okay, I get what you mean. Okay. It can't be bound by a ten point system. It has to. No. <laughs> it has to go further. All right, my number four is Back to the Future. Uh, no surprise that this was coming. It is basically the perfect movie in a lot of ways. It there's like, and I know I, I mean I could say that about most of my top ten really. And I'll, it, it, it's easy to say it about things, but it's it, it this script juggles so many ideas and concepts and makes them all work so well together. The characters are so lovable. Like, Marty and Doc are both delightful. You want to be around them. Like, and it's, it's the thing where, yeah, the sequels aren't as good as the original one, of course. Oh, I like them a lot. But you wanted them because you wanted more Marty and Doc. Like, it, it was it was unnegotiable. I want more Marty and Doc in my life. We need them. Uh, we just do. And everything about their relationship is heartwarming. Despite the fact that in a modern 2020 context, you look at it and go, this is a bit weird. Why is this old man and this high school kid such best friends? Um, because Doc has all the good speakers. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, there's so much about it. It's just, it's just delightful, and you know, it's 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 a weird way to talk about it because I, like, I, I've been watching it over and over from such a young age that it, every part of it's ingrained in my memory. I, I could I could probably sit here and recount scene for scene the entire movie. Like I probably could. Mm -hmm. And one day when we actually get to review this, because we tried, and for technical it's reasons. Cursed. <laughs> and for technical reasons, we had to abandon it, and then we just decided to leave it till some other time. But uh, it, it 
yes, it's 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 got a lot of heart, and I, I think ultimately what I'll say about the time travel elements and the the, the human drama is that it says a lot of po- positive things about the influence you can have on your kids and the influence your kids can have on you. And because of the time travel, it's actually this weird literal thing where Marty has influence on his parents because he meets mm-hmm. them when they were his age, and. Uh, there's so much wonderful things with that. I, I I will I will go in depth when we eventually review it. I will sit and give you an essay on that particular idea, but uh, I'll just sum up there for now. Here, right? Cool. It, yeah, great movie. It's on my top fifty also, and it's it's so rewatchable, and it just it nails the comedy. Oh, and also it. the uh, the score balance of Vestry is a straight up ten out of ten uh, score. <laughs> Very good. It's it's wonderful. It's easily Sylvester's best work. Like, and he's done some other good stuff, right? He did the Predator, he did mm-hmm. Avengers movies, whatever. Yeah. Dylan, you son of a bitch. All right, what is your number three? Number three is Alien. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's trail- a lot of the top ten, obviously, is going to. Overlap. I suspect my number two is not on your list. That's fair. Let's see. It is Rocketman. <laughs> so, so. Oh. I love. Uh, um, yeah. I'll, I guess I'll just continue to gush about Alien. Um, <laughs> it is uh, for me when I watch it. It is very much the fear of childbirth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fear of harvesting something in your body. Something that someone else put there, growing inside you, and then having to emerge from you, and then growing up to become an asshole. Everyone's fear. <laughs> I, I think actually the fact that the character that, that happens to in the movie is a man actually adds to the a, oh yeah the, absolutely the, the surreality of it because there's, also... there's the lure of the vagina ship that everybody walks into right. So... The... Yeah, there's almost something to be said there that the the, the the like the, the the characters in this A are not scientists, so they're allowed to be dumber than actual scientists, mm-hmm. right? But even like compared to the scientists of Prometheus who do nothing but make stupid decisions, at least here you can explain. Well, they're, they're truckers in space. That if they're making mistakes, then you know it's fine. But they are wearing spacesuits and all those other things. But if there's a mistake they make, is like is going to explore when maybe they should be leaving this to you know experts or whatever. But they're yeah. maybe, but they're they're so, so just by the idea of finding something valuable or whatever. But they but, can't help it because they see the big vagina yeah. and they have to just go inside it. How how relatable <laughs> is that? I mean, maybe not Tara, but how, for everyone for for everyone out there who likes the ladies, how relatable has been lured into a situation because ooh, vagina. <laughs> I mean, I, you could say that about all, all the all of his artwork, though, right? All of Giger's artwork. Oh, yeah. There's something alluring about it. <laughs> I, 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 and all... yet disgusting and fascinating and yes. yeah you, you just it, have to you can't take your eyes off it you have to see where this goes it's all vagina or penis Every, everything he's yes. drawn or designed ever yes can all be traced back to one of those two things mm-hmm. so I, I love I mean it's not just the designs of the movie I, lo- I love I love Ripley I love that she's the only rational person <laughs> at the start um Again, it's just the underwear. It's the only flaw. Yeah, I can't actually, imagine anyone would just voluntarily wear that underwear. Like, she not bought <laughs> underwear since she was six years old. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, too small. Yeah, the, the scene early on where she's refusing to let them back in because uh, you know Kane, who's been attacked, might have yeah. a contaminant, 
and they can't for quarantine reasons. He's like, no, reasons. there's protocol here. Yeah. Um, 2020 added an extra sort of anger to this scene, I think, mm-hmm. for me, where I'm like, yep, this sounds about right. Someone's being sensible and saying, nope, we can't have this. And then someone else just lets them in. Now, admittedly, yeah. the character who lets them in has a motive and there's reasons later on in the film. But th- regardless. But also the captain is saying, what the hell, Ripley? Yeah. Let him in. We're not going to leave a man to die on an alien planet. <laughs> Yes, and what happens? They pretty much all die. I, I mean, no spoilers, but I mean, it, it's a <laughs> movie where the alien kills them one by one. All right, is that? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Question number three. Fine choice. My ad. Uh, my number three is a little film named Serenity. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> This is disgusting. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> disgusting. How dare you? How dare you call my number three disgusting? Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a personal list based on what the films mean to me. And I was... Okay, so... well then you can't give me any shit for my number two. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what it is. We'll see what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not promising anything. Serenity... Like, Firefly was a big deal to me. And it was this heartbreaking thing to lose. And Serenity... I do think it's a great mix of all the elements that, that Whedon's good at interweaving, right? And he's not everyone's favorite person quips. right now for a lot of things. What's that? Quips. Qu- oh, quips, yes. Well, come on. No, the fact that it can bounce around genres, it can be it can be exciting one minute, you know, tense the next. It can be really funny, and then someone might die, and it'll be really sad, and it can bounce around all these things, like, really, really well. Uh, it's a roller coaster of a movie. And if you have seen Firefly and you care about these characters... The experience of seeing Serenity for that first time in 2005 is maybe my favorite theory experience of my life. I love it. I, it meant so much to me, and I, you know, it still means so much to me. I still tear up at the same moments. I still get so invested in it. Uh, Firefly, for whatever reason, the mythology of that world and its characters, its lovable characters, just speaks to me, and it is in many ways my favorite space set, you know, thing. You know? I... I and I love a lot of other space set things to varying degrees but Firefly for whatever reason uh, just hit a chord where I just care about everything I care about it and I care about those characters and you know I I said the reason why I like Star Wars the original Star Wars is because it's the characters it's the adventure the characters go on and Firefly doubles down on the idea of it's about the characters it's this family on a ship who have their ups and downs but they're there with each other and you know, it's all the strengths that I like about these types of things. So, um, you know, um, I did review this uh, with Connor because we and Connor had done the TV show. So that was kind of the finale was reviewing the movie. So Tara, I think, gets a stay of uh, execution when it comes to having to do Serenity Thank because God. of that. But it was like a two and a half hour review and it was very gushing and... I think it is. I think it's wonderful, and it, yeah, like it maybe doesn't isn't as like classically deserving as a lot of these other movies that are in my top ten. That everyone agrees is is one of the classics, but this is how much this film means to me, and I have it at number three, gladly. <laughs> I, I'm really glad that the fans of the show got their mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for them. Okay. Okay disgusting i'm remembering that i'm remembering that 
Uh, Tara, what is your number two? Actually, well, my number two is a movie also based off of a TV show that I love. In fact, it's my favorite TV show. It is Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. So you technically get two movies in this one, two sci-fi movies. What? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This, this, is, this is a bit of a stretch. This is a what bit of a about? stretch. <laughs> I mean, it's not really a movie. <laughs> Absolutely it is. It says the movie <laughs> in the title. Uh, yeah, but what makes this a movie that makes it more of a movie than an episode of Mystery Science Theater? It says the movie. <laughs> Beside it says the, the movie. Mystery Science Theater 2000 colon <laughs> the movie. Forget the title. <laughs> Take the title away. You don't know what the title is, right? You just you watch this on its own without knowing the title. I watched this movie on its own without knowing it was a TV show until like months after I seen it. That's not the point. You're dodging my question. You're dodging my question. What about this? Feels more special than the TV show episodes. Uh, the jokes are very different. Uh, they have new Ooh. sets. Oh, the, the, um, there's the, a lot of parallels with 2001: A Space Odyssey. Okay. Also, you're saying there's more of a plot in the uh, the segments. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. And the segments follow the the movie that they're watching, The Silent Earth, which is another classic science fiction movie that maybe should be on the list of 100, not 50, but 100. And we'll see. So that's that's different. They're watching, a, you know, a pretty decent sci-fi movie instead of <laughs> something terrible. <laughs> I, this, this is a baffling choice uh, for many well, reasons. But As much as I love Star Trek and I, it is, you know, one of my favorite shows of all time, my favorite series of shows, there, nothing can beat out Mystery Science Theater for my top slot for TV shows. Um I'm o I've always been more of a movie fan than a television fan, so a show that watches movies <laughs> <laughs> is perfect for me. And I happen to think that all all the writers are hilarious and maybe not all the jokes work, but like enough of them work so well that it they're memorable and infinitely rewatchable in my eye. I think there was I've there was a good invested heavily in the D V D collections. There was a good swerve there because it did sound like you were about to see a Star Trek movie. The way you phrased it. It was very well done. <laughs> I as a I weird choice. It was either going to be Lost in Space or Star Trek. Like how many uh, other TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very weird it's a very weird choice to me. Even if I see this and love it. This I, is a personal list. Yeah. No, I no, I agree. I, I said that as well. I am aware. Stop trying to use my own words against me. How dare you? This is disgusting. <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> Above Alien? I mean, it's a way better movie than Serenity. <laughs> Shut your mouth. I, I mean, I Shut saw this movie mouth. only because when I was a kid, we would watch... Well, I was in Canada. And we had Super Channel, which was our HBO. They even played HBO content. And this was just the movie of the week. And every week we'd watch... On Fridays, whatever the movie of the week was, my family would watch it. And we went into this one totally blind. It was the movie of the week. And uh, the only thing I remembered seeing about it was that Siskel and Ebert had reviewed it and both gave it like big thumbs up. And I remembered that when I went into watching this and I still didn't know that it was a TV show. I just, I loved it. It was hilarious. My whole family, we were like rolling on the floor laughing. 
um, it has puppets. I, I love can, puppets. Look, I, I'll accept this means that much to you. I will not critique its place at number two. But for you to say Serenity was disgusting at number three, when you knew you had this up next. It's not a Whedon fan, that's all. <laughs> when you knew you had this too up. Creepy. Coming up next. <laughs> um, yeah. You should take it very personal. I meant it. Um, yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, once I saw this movie, I watched it over and over again and was super bummed that we didn't get Comedy Central or the Sci-Fi Channel in Canada. But when my parents said we're moving to California, my first thought was I could finally be able to watch Mystery Science Theater. I, I became I, a super fan and was very disappointed when I realized that most people here don't watch the show. <laughs> so I, have, I had no one to talk to when I moved here. I have no idea if it aired Mystery Science Theater, but we did have Sci-Fi Channel in the 90s mm-hmm. and we it wasn't called comedy central but we had it was the same it was it was called paramount comedy but it was the same yeah eventually eventually they, if changed, they played south park then maybe they would have played it they eventually changed their name to comedy central to match the u.s channel but it was the same i mean it's the same network it's owned by the same company it was it was just the yeah. uk version it's the of the same channel. thing with the super channel and hbo they were the same did hbo actually own it though was it still warner bros well they, they would they would play hbo content yeah, but it could be like a deal where there's just they've got the exclusive rights to all of HBO stuff because like Sky in the UK have mm, that with maybe. a lot of HBO stuff. Uh, but regardless, okay, Mystery Science Theater three thousand the movie. Yes. At number two. It's the last ten out of ten on my list. I I, I would have said that was like a oh yeah throw it in the forties throw it a bone kind of a movie. <laughs> Hey, this is a very personal <laughs> list. This is that's the movie that shaped my personality, and yeah, I love it. I love Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> oh dear, I've enjoyed what I've seen of Mystery Science Theater. I've watched a good handful or so of episodes now. You should see my collection. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It won't impress very many people, but okay. Well, my number two. Now that we're <laughs> <laughs> that were my number two, uh, as the Terminator. Um, I mean, what the hell did I follow up that riot? <laughs> uh, I mean, Terminator is a perfect film. It's one where, over the years, I have come to appreciate this more than Terminator Two, and realize just how much of my taste has somewhat been shaped by it. And the fact that you know, I said my favorite horror movie is Halloween, and you can go check our top one hundred horror movies that I did with Tim over streams after midnight a few years ago. To get that confirmed. But the fact that I went on to love Halloween after the Terminator, given there is some similarities in how the, the killers work, if you will. Um, but you have this interesting mythology, you got time travel, robots, you got all these things that I love. The glimpses of Michael the future. Bean. Michael Bean is great, Linda Hamilton is great, Arnold obviously. Um and it's one that works when you're younger for the pure surface level action and suspense. But as I've gotten older and I've really sort of dug into the arcs of the characters, uh, Sarah Connor specifically, uh, what it's really about, what it's saying, what it's doing. Again, this was one where we, you know, we sat and reviewed it and I, I gushed for like nearly two hours, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, that episode was rather infamous because I don't think I let Tara speak very much. <laughs> I, th- I think I just... I, just, was... I mean, <laughs> there's nothing I could have contributed other than, yep. I agree. <laughs> I I think I, I steamrolled that episode a little bit. Uh, uh, something I've I've tried to uh, 
avoid since. But um, I had a lot to say because Terminator has meant a lot to me. And, mm-hmm. and it is both a personal film and a genuine classic 10 out of 10. It's everything that I want in a movie. And I'll leave it there. I have nothing. I can't add anything else. Go check out the review for a lot, lot more. Uh, so with that said, we have come to the point where Tara and then myself are going to reveal our number ones. And they're both pretty obvious at this point. They're, they're both kind of like stuff we've mentioned in the past as, as our favourites and, and so on. Uh, in fact, I believe that both of these number ones are not just our favourite sci-fi movies, but both of these number ones are both of our favourite movies. Yep. Which, you know, maybe that's why we're doing a sci-fi podcast, because we, <laughs> we both have number ones that happen to be sci-fi. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I know Tara's going to complain, but would you mind recapping your list and then, uh, reveal, and then reveal number one at the end okay. of it? Number 50, Until the End of the World. Number 49, The Mist. 48, Arrival. 47, E.T., The Extraterrestrial. 46, Annihilation. 45, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Number 44, The Martian. 43, The Day the Earth Caught Fire. 42, Invisible Man 2020. 41, The Thing. 1982. <laughs> 40, Total Recall, 1990. 39, Ex Machina. 38, Time Crimes. 37, Soylent Green. 36, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 35, Under the Skin. 34, Her. 33, Coherence. 32, The Stepford Wives, 1975. 31, The Fifth Element. 30, The Blob, 1988. 29, The Fly, 1986. 28, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. 27, Godzilla, 1954. 26, Mad Max, Fury Road. 25, Blade Runner, 2049. 24, The Truman Show. 23, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. 22, Galaxy Quest. 21, Starship Troopers. 20, 20, Edge of Tomorrow. 19, Dread. 18, Contact. 17, Wally. 16, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. 15, Back to the Future. 14, A Clockwork Orange. 13, The Beatrix. 12, The Day the Earth Stood Still, 1951. 11, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 10, Robocop, 1987. 9, Predator. 8, the Terminator, seven Aliens, six Jurassic Park, five Star Wars: A New Hope, four Planet of the Apes, nineteen sixty-eight, three Alien, two Mystery Science Theater three thousand the movie, and my number one movie of all time is two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Dun 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 dun. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I agree. The score is perfect. I I often will put it on when I'm driving. I especially love to park with the waltz playing. 
<laughs> Is it parallel parking? Da, 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 it's it's da, perfect. Da, yeah. Da, da. It's perfect for that. I always park better. <laughs> I love the idea of being in the driving test. Like, okay, see if we do the parallel parking part. Can I put, play this music? It helps me. It helps me. I think this became my favorite movie when I was around 11 years old. Um, it's always something that's been in my life because my father is a big fan of science fiction too. Um, when I was very young, one of my earliest memories is buying the book for 10 cents at a neighbor's garage sale. And I, st I still have the book. Um, I don't have anything <laughs> that old in my collection. I just, but I still have that. Um, and just because I knew my dad liked it, so I better like it too. A genuine <laughs> Canadian copy of 2001 That's paperback. Right. It's got some tape on it. No, it's it, no, it's a hardcover, but I lost oh, the jacket. But I didn't lose it. I, I took it off because I thought it looked better without it, but I was wrong. In my adult years, I know I was wrong. <laughs> I, I, I always take off jackets to actually read hardcovers because they feel better. I feel, uh, it's annoying them sliding around. Like, mm -hmm. It feels good to just feel the hardcover on your hand. Sure. Yeah, I thought it looked better, but yeah, I should have kept the jacket. Anyway, um, yeah, and I remember watching it. Uh, my my best friend growing up, she and I both loved the movies. Um, and her favorite movie was The Shining, so we would often rent. Uh, we our like weekend every weekend we went to Blockbuster and rented the movie, and it was always The Shining plus something else. And we finally got uh, two thousand one, another Kubrick movie, and if just. Like you watch it and you know you're watching something special. Every every still of the image is a piece of art. Um, <laughs> so much so that we went on a trip with her family. I did. Went on a trip with her family. And there's some resort that we stayed at in Arizona that <laughs> I just kept drawing pictures from 2001. I was just so infatuated by the design of the film. And it was that um, I they probably don't have them anymore but i gave them all to the workers there. um yeah it's my favorite movie of all time i love it i think it's perfect um just a special un unrateable movie it is beyond the rating system of 10. well <laughs> but i'm gonna have to wait that long and get the full review because we're coming up on episode 100 and after mm -hmm. 100 it's going to be 2001 a space odyssey yes so, so I'm looking forward to watching it for the 200 something time. Well, you have to get to 2001 for the time you die. That's just the obvious. I can do it this year. <laughs> Don't burn yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there you go. All right, so to recap my list, then reveal number one. Number 50, Pitch Black. Number 49, The Day the Air Stood Still. 48, Star Trek, The Motion Picture. 47, The Road. 46, God Told Me To. 45, The Blob. 44, The Running Man. 43, Ex Machina. 42, War for the Planet of the Apes. 41, The Fifth Element. 40, After Earth. 39, Galaxy Quest. 38, The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. 37, The Day the Earth Caught Fire. 36, Explorers. 35, Dread. 34, Star Wars. 33, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. 32, Clockwork Orange. 31, Gaika. 30, Time Cranes. 29, The Matrix. 28, Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home. 30, sorry, 27, 
the Invisible Man. Twenty. That's uh, the original Invisible Man. Not to be confused because Tara had Invisible Man. Twenty twenty. Uh, so I put the dates for the remakes. Twenty six. Save the Green Planet. Twenty five. Her. Twenty four. Coherence. Twenty three. Predator. Twenty two. Under the Skin. Twenty one. The Iron Giant. Twenty. Mad Max. Fury Road. Nineteen. Gravity. Eighteen. The Truman Show. 17, The Abyss. 16, The Thing. 15, Stalker. 14, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. 13, Jurassic Park. 12, Godzilla. 11, District 9. 10, Robocop. 9, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. 8, Inception. 7, Moon. 6, 2001, A Space Odyssey, 5, Alien, 4, Back to the Future, 3, Serenity, 2, The Terminator, and number 1, Aliens. And, Can, okay. yeah. I just want to stop real, real quick, uh-huh. because, which, which number was Another Earth? Oh, uh, 40. Okay, because you definitely said After Earth, which is a very different movie. Oh, and I, just... <laughs> oh I didn't even realize I did that. Oh, yes. <laughs> 40 was Another Earth, the Brit okay. Marley movie. Yes. That Not was the a, M. Night Shyamalan movie. I, I, saw, I saw that joke in there. Um, yes, yes. Yes, Another Earth. Uh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Uh, so back to my number one, uh, Cosmos. I mean, uh, Aliens. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no so i i i do i, I was really hesitant because i was like oh, do i really want to put terminator number two because i felt like two james cameron movies at one and two you know hey. and, and but honestly when i you know when i sat and thought about it and i was like yeah let's be honest terminator and aliens are kind of the two biggest movies that have shaped my entire like identity as a film fan and mm-hmm. my taste in fiction and aliens is the perfect survival horror movie it is it's taking the character from the first one, it's given her an even more of an arc. Because in the first one, she's like, Ripley's great in the first one, but it's not a movie about her character. But Aliens is a movie about mm-hmm. her character and her relationship with Newt. It's got a great cast of character actors in these other roles Bill Paxton, Michael Bean, Lance Henriksen, Jeanette Goldstein. Yeah. You know, great. Bill Paxton and Michael Bean both in your top two. Yeah. Look at that. See, that's why they're the top two. Bill Paxton. <laughs> I mean, he deserves to be on every list. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> of the best. Um, how many Bill Paxton appearances were on our list? <laughs> yeah, there's a tomorrow. Well, I don't have Predator 2. Yeah. Hey, Predator 2 wasn't far away for me. Like, I, I could have it could have scraped on there. I love yeah. Predator 2. But uh, now Aliens is... Like, it's everything. It's, it's arriving to the you know, this, this base after something's went down. And try to discover what happened. And we already, ca- you know, obviously, we have an idea because we know what happened in the first movie. But it's like, but where are they? What's going on? It turned out to be a lot of what I love about the Resident Evil video games, and it's just one of these connections that I made years later when I realized that there's a lot of like shared things between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's wonderful. And I, I don't know if I was a more hyped, you know, because in the first movie, you know, the, the phrase "save the cat," you know, is like a screenwriting term for when you, you, you make the character go back to save the cat because it makes his life, 
and that literally happens with Ripley in the first one. She saves Jonesy. And I love that that escalates in the second one to saving, you know, Newt. And I don't know if there's a more badass, like, like culmination of a character becoming a badass than Ripley taping a flamethrower to a machine, you know, a pulse rifle, uh, to be specific, because <laughs> it's aliens. Um, um, and then that escalating to get away from her, you bitch. You know, to, to, or stay away from her, you bitch. I'm correcting myself, because I'm pretty sure that's the correction that's in Scream 2, when it's in, they're talking about it in film class. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, the power loader suit. And I, I'm not getting too specific, because spoilers or whatever, but, like, it's perfect. It, it, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's The practical effects are wonderful. Uh, the characters are delightful to be around and, and watch, and it's... It's a, it's a masterclass, and so many movies have tried to copy it, so many movies have tried to be the new aliens, and most of them aren't even remotely good. Never mind come close to touching what the movie is. Um, no. I mean, such great characters. I love I love Vasquez. I mean, she would be very problematic if she was, if it was made today. Uh, it's, it's actually... <laughs> um, what is it on? Is it Disney Plus? I guess it is, because it's a Disney movie now, technically. It was Fox, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a, there's like a. Oh no, it's not because it was. I think I think it's on it's on the Sky service in the UK. But there, there's like a, a message that plays before some stuff saying you know just disclaimers like there's stuff in this that we wouldn't do now. And we understand that you know just just as like a you know a warning. Oh, it's like the Looney Tune yeah. warning. Um, okay. and it, like it appeared in a bunch of stuff that was kind of obvious. But I think Breakfast at Tiffany's is one because it's a really like racist portrayal of a of an Asian character in that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think it's Peter Sellers. Um, but there's one in front of aliens, and it was like uh, some people didn't ever realize. Wait, why is there a disclaimer in front of aliens? And then someone pointed out, oh, by the way, yeah, the, the Hispanic woman, uh, not yeah. so much. She's uh, the same actress who plays the foster mom in Terminator Two. Yes, if people don't know, uh, she's not Spanish. Yes, <laughs> so, uh, she has blue eyes. <laughs> so. Yeah, and yeah, we can acknowledge it, and obviously they shouldn't have but done she, that. I mean, she's such a badass character, though. Like, it, it, when you watch so... it, you're like, yeah, Vasquez, she's awesome. That's the thing, <laughs> like, I'm so used to it being her in the movie that the thought of it being anyone else is weird to think about now, because it's just so ingrained. Yeah. But yeah, her no. and, like, the super white guy when they have, like, yeah. the two guns that they're trying out on the on the belts. They're bros. Like, they're, they're so cool. They're bros. <laughs> they, they, they love, you know, each other, but not, like, in a, yeah. like, we both, uh, we both love this shit way. No, you know? brothers in arms kind yeah. of deal. Um, it's just, it's, uh, but yeah, yeah, obviously it should never happen now, but it's just so weird to th- imagine it without her in that oh, role definitely. at this point, because it's just, it's yeah. just so ingrained, I'm used to it from my childhood. But yeah, obviously, if they're doing this now, they should never, ever paint someone to do this again. It's just, no, <laughs> just don't. I agree, I agree. Um, yeah. She's a terrific actress, I'm sure she'd be, she's great in everything, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, it's, uh. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would at the time it, it was it's not like it's not like bad it's not like she's doing a really racist portrayal or anything it's just it's not her no. place so it's inappropriate but yeah it's one of those things because i know but she's the... a badass character she's an awesome character it's not like it's not like breakfast at tiffany's at all one of the problems <laughs> i know with the film is that there were because i remember when they hired michael being they had to make sure they had a passport because they were shooting in the uk and they were actually doing a lot of the casting for everything that wasn't Sigourney Weaver, basically, and maybe like one or two other roles was cast in the UK. So they're looking for Americans who were living in the UK. Um, that said, though, my argument to that would be, well, if that was the reason why, okay, so you didn't have a lot of choices for someone who was actually of that race, I'd say, well, just change the, the race of the character then so that you're not painting someone to be something they're not. Uh, and, you know, there are like 
white people in Mexico. <laughs> the the Spanish weren't, you know, yeah, yeah. were white when they when they invaded, like <laughs> No, nah, you know, it's, it's worth acknowledging these things that even my favorite movie has something like this that is problematic. Oh, yeah. and should be yeah. should be called out. Um, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, That's I it. love I love the film as well. We talked about it a lot. Yep. I love the mother versus mother battle at the end of it too. I think that's really awesome. Well, uh, secure that shit because we'll be back sometime around April twenty sixth. Uh, to talk about aliens in greater detail. Uh, I can't wait to talk about the cigar chomping. Uh, I guess he's kind of the captain, isn't he? Uh, I, I think he's a sergeant. I think he's uh, sergeant. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apon. Uh, he loves the core. Every, every paycheck's a fortune. Every every meal a, a banquet. Banquet. Yeah. yeah. We used to say that in the navy all the time. <laughs> I love the core. That's that's, that's the whole thing. Uh, no, I can't wait. I mean, I, I, I warn you now. I suspect that'll be a long episode because <laughs> it's oh, aliens. Yeah. It'll be another Terminator. I'll just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's just here be to a, listen. That's a hefty one. That one. Uh, but there you go. That is our top fifty sci-fi movies of all time. Uh, just quickly, because uh, that's been a long episode. Um, mm. We should just mention some honorable mentions. Obviously, we mentioned a couple that were relevant as we were going, uh, but didn't want to spoil stuff. So, uh, if there's anything. That you would like to throw out there is like a you know that you you want to give some love to even though it's not in your top fifty. Uh, yeah. Um, I you know I I didn't uh, I didn't have Moon on my list, but I really wanted to include that. Uh, one a recent one that I really enjoyed, and I would say it's sci-fi. It's sci-fi horror, but uh, the Reanimator. I like really enjoyed oh. watching that a lot. <laughs> I wanted to include that. Yeah, uh, I um. I, I mean, I mentioned I was you know tempted to put Fast and I on. I really liked that movie, so I I give that a shout. Uh, uh, something one that you hadn't mentioned on yours that, but I really loved and wanted to include because mm-hmm. it's important from my childhood. Also, was uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth, the nineteen fifty nine version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I I I love that film. Uh-huh. I'll give a shout out to uh, Gareth Edwards. Obviously, I, we, we've mentioned we love 2014's Godzilla, so I want to shout out that, but mm-hmm. uh, his previous film, Monsters, I quite liked as well, so I think yep. uh, that's worth mentioning. Um, so uh, uh, In Tomorrowland, I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I love it. I do like Tomorrowland. I like Tomorrowland mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and, you know, honestly, I quite enjoy David Lynch's Dune, so I'll just mention that on here. <laughs> Uh, also, Cube's a good time. Uh, Inner Space is a really fun the Edro Dante movie. I like that movie a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the uh, Death Race 2000, not a good movie, but I just can't help sure. but love it. <laughs> In fact, fall into the uh, childhood favorite that's not necessarily a great movie, but one that means a lot to me. Uh, I watched Flight of the Navigator a lot as a kid, mm-hmm. uh, so that kind of is there for me to... Oh, another one from our 70s month that really stuck with me was ZPG. Um, oh, I, sure. Yeah. That one I thought was really well done for a low-budget sci-fi film with a lot to say. Um, that was really good. And I'll give love to Alphaville because it's a movie I do think about a lot, even though I know... Yeah, I know you don't like it, but... <laughs> I It is one that I think about when we watch these science fiction movies. It, it really has a lot of influence, and I do really like it. <laughs> like, it grew on me. Uh, the comments. Oh, if you don't like this, you can just stick to Transformers. Yeah, all right. 
It's just the voice. I I know. Go. Add go, that. Go, go. Bill. <laughs> yeah, go, go watch the 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 review stalker. You prick. <laughs> Nothing but I got hate on that re on that too because I said I kind of liked it but then didn't really do much to defend it. But I don't know. It's it's a movie that has stuck with me and has grown on me. And also God God told me too. That's a that's a, that's a mm -hmm. cool one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a, a bizarre little seventies movie. And there's definitely a few you said that I didn't have that I would also put as honorable mentions. But you mentioned them, so I, I don't feel the need to yeah. call them okay. out as much. Uh, but God God told me too as a special special film. <laughs> For a lot of a lot of reasons, yes. uh, and I'd, I would like to reiterate, uh, I have not even seen After Earth, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure we will at some point for the show. You said but... that, and I went, "Wait, is that the right?" I had to look <laughs> it up. <laughs> oh, I think you meant the other one. Oh, have you been writing mine down? No, no, no. I just looked it up on my oh. phone because you said After Earth. I'm like, I think he said another Earth before, but I haven't seen either of those movies. <laughs> no, no. I'm glad you. I'm glad you caught that because. Uh, well, the comments may have had a field day, so I'm, I've got that settled. All right. Well, uh, this was episode, I believe, ninety-eight of the show. Uh, oh, actually, John. Now I'm thinking about it. No, it's not. Because, because of the way I numbered these, the countdown episodes don't actually count as numbers. Okay. Because I, because if you go to the audio feed, it's like test subject one, test subject two. So when I got to our first countdown episode, I'm like, well, I can't really call it test subject whatever. I called oh, it something else. So we else. have like another month before 2001. Yeah, 2001 is actually a, a few away rather than two away. Okay. So that's all right. It's not that much of a difference, but uh, I, I'm just it's realizing similar. that I can't count this as uh, these two as 97 and 98. So next week will actually be episode 97, uh, which will be I, I, I recall. I think it's Starship Troopers, but I'll, let me just uh, double check that and let you know. In the meantime, Tara can pose for the thumbnail, so here we go. Three, two, one. Pose! <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. I'm enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, so, yes, I was right. Yes, yeah, Starship Troopers. Uh, Getting getting revolt movies done, so that that'll be next week. So look forward uh, to that. And I think this part's up after New Year's. So happy New Year, everyone! Uh, we're recording a little bit in advance. It's it's not it's not even Christmas yet. I for hope us. everybody got their paychecks while staying in pajamas at home. Working. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh. So okay, that juggles things around a little bit, but that's okay. We'll deal with that later. But uh. Yeah, you can, of course, like and subscribe. We appreciate it if you do. Like is super important and the easy way to support all of our content and help YouTube spread it around. Uh, you can also, of course, uh, comment below with your own personal favorite sci-fi movies and all that other stuff. All all very helpful. Uh, I'm very impressed if you guys do 50, but top 10 will see. Hey, every so often, there's always a couple of commenters who will all do the full list and be like, here's my top 50. Uh, this took me a long time to make, so I'm... Yeah. Unless they have it prepared already. I'll be yeah. surprised. Uh, guys on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz. I will thank our Patreon producers for the uh, the month at the time of recording. Because this will technically be January by the time this goes out. But as of right now, thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordenow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. Uh, they are Patreon producers at the time of recording. 
uh, meaning that they are $20 or more, which Tara's going to tell you about right now. That's right. Uh, if you enjoy our content, please check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV. Donating as low as $1 per month will get you access to bonus episodes of The Ace. So if you're looking for David Carradine films, Gary Graham films, uh, Red Brown movies, <laughs> that's probably where you'll find them. The Trancer Saga, which we will be completing if you haven't already completed soon. Well, we'll be on number six <laughs> pretty soon. Um, yeah, that, head on yeah. over there. That should be up by the time this goes out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Continuing be. the adventures of Jack Death in a woman's body. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Should be interesting for a very sexist character to be a woman now. Probably has a lot to say about things that will be very problematic in this time. <laughs> hey, he had some growth in the year the... 2021. He had some growth in part five. Remember he had that great little uh, self-reflective moment where he realized that he, like, a woman's oh, only he, worth yeah. being with if you want to punch her sometimes or something like that. He said something really weird. Yeah, you're right. That was only slightly problematic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because um, the sentiment he was trying to get... he's not, like, having sex with children anymore. That's yes. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that phrasing makes it sound really bad. But yeah. <laughs> um, you should watch the movie. <laughs> um, it's science fiction. Yes, yes, technically it is. Um, and if you donate five dollars per month, you will get access to these reviews one day early, and some reviews one week early for other shows we do. Thank yes, yes, yes. Uh, there you go. And as an extra bonus, right now because Tim's on paternity leave, uh, we're also doing an action movie episode once a month as a bonus. Um, the first one is out the second one should be out soon if it's not out already uh so look forward to that um but that is uh that is the show that is the atomic cinema experiment and this second part of the countdown is actually so long that i think for the audio feed this will actually be then split in two this part uh so look forward to that i'll be all be all be i'll be the one episode on youtube well not all of it it's always it was always gonna be two episodes but i think episode two of the countdown will be split in half for the audio <laughs> so hopefully that's not too confusing but thank you very much for joining us once again we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa we've got movie signs